You're listening to the Battle Ready Podcast. You can find more information about Battle Ready and Addison Free Will Baptist Church on our website, addisonfwbchurch.org forward slash Battle Ready Bible Study. Battle Ready Podcast, believing what it says. Uzziah, who last week we talked about, did a really great job being king until he decided that being king is not enough. He's going to be king and priest and whoever knows what else. He's going to be the fulfillment maybe of the prophecy made for the Messiah. He's going to take it on himself. And he was stopped by God sending leprosy and by the priest who stood against him. And for Jotham's 16-year reign that we're going to talk about tonight, he was a co-regent with his dad. He was in a leper colony. Mm-hmm. And He's one of these people that intrigue me in the Bible. He, he makes me think of Isaac. Everybody knows about Abraham and his personality and the, the faithfulness and, and even the mistakes, right? Everybody knows about Jacob because he's a scoundrel and he's got a bigger-than-life personality. Very few people talk about Isaac. At all. Because what Isaac, Isaac, what you know about Isaac is that he was offered as a, he was about to be offered as a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And God said, no, I wouldn't ask that of you. I, I'll make my own sacrifice. And speaking of Jesus, but, but what do you know about what Isaac did? Not very much because you know what he did, what he was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Isaac followed what his dad had taught mm-hmm. him. And he was a, what we know is he, he dug wells. He was faithful. He did those things that he was supposed to do. And very few people have a real good understanding of who he is as a man because he didn't cause a lot of trouble. He didn't That's Jotham. He just did what he was supposed to do. Jotham comes in and quietly does what he's supposed to do. And for his 16-year reign, Israel is blessed by his constancy. They're blessed by his obedience and the things that he does to better his nation. They're not harmed by his pride or arrogance because he doesn't seem to to have that going on. He just faithfully does what he's supposed to do. He's a steady guy. And he doesn't have the big peaks and valleys that some of his predecessors had. And this is one of the, am I right too? I'm thinking this is the chapter. He's one of the kings that there's nothing bad said about him. There isn't. And I don't think you should take people like that for granted. No, I don't. I think when we we do, I think as a society, we don't, you know who makes me think of? I said, Isaac, Ben Carson. Mm -hmm. Ben Carson is just this brilliant, kind, faithful Right? Mm-hmm. Quiet. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, you can think what you want about anybody. But that, that's my, he just, this guy that kind of just does faithfully serve, doesn't make a lot of noise. People don't choose him because he doesn't make a lot of noise. He doesn't make a big show. He just kind of, I don't mean to get into politics, but that, that, that steady, faithful, mm-hmm. helpful personality. You know what I mean? Counts for something because he's in the book, Counts right? for something. And it is still part of the lineage. You know, I'd be glad if I lived in Jerusalem that Jotham was on the throne. Mm-hmm. Because during his reign, I'm taken care of. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm preferred, my safety was preferred above his own amusement or whatever idealistic thing he came up with like some other kings had done. It was about serving God and serving the people. He faithfully did the job as a king. And he I learned mean, from his father. Oh, he, he learned some things that Uzziah forgot. You yeah. know, he got to the place where he kind of, I can do everything. I can do Uzziah had done so well. And then all of a sudden he started, like we said last week, he believed his own press. He started believing that he was more than God had called him to be, that he was going to be the whole thing. Mm-hmm. That, that, yeah, and and you thing. don't get to appoint yourself that. You get to be faithful in what God has given you to do. Mm-hmm. And that needs to be human beings have a hard time with that because we don't we never appreciate what it is God's called us to do. We want to do what everybody else is doing. And and that happens in our story too in when because we're going to do two chapters tonight hopefully. And when his when Jotham's son Ahaz gets to the throne, he goes in a completely different direction. And he again has that idea of I've got to figure out what everybody else is about and be just like them. But when I think about him, I had a question for you that I want to start with tonight, which is a frustrating and you're not going to like <laughs> I didn't like it when I asked it of myself. But how often are you caught up in or find yourself in love with is the wrong word, but affectionate towards something that's literally killing you? <laughs> I don't even know the answer to you that. You know what? I knew you wouldn't like that question because <laughs> I didn't like it when I asked it of myself. I took, I'm a diabetic. I took my blood sugar today. It was almost 
500. Oh, Lord. It was almost 500. I said to myself, there's these things that I think that I love, right? There's that this freedom that I think that I love. But the, the literal thing that I, I think is so wonderful is the worst thing that could possibly happen to me. The thing that I'm desiring for myself is not the right thing to desire. I need to make sure that I know that. Because the worst enemy we have in life, I believe, is although Satan is a roaring lion seeking to devour me, he'd like to. He can't okay. touch me, mm -hmm. right? Only if God allows can he come anywhere near me, and God is in control to do it for my good. The enemy that I love around is me. That we destroy our own self with our own thinking and our own wrong affections. Would you agree with that? I would probably have to agree with that. And especially thinking of the mood that I'm kind of had all day today. Have that, you been your own worst enemy? I've been, yes. You are, sometimes we are you our are own, own worst, worst enemies. enemies. That's true. Now, I don't have to do very many things to make my sugar that high, by the way. Just yeah, in case no. you're judging me out there. I'm not. I, don't judge me, but I'm just saying. But I know what those but wrong you know, moves are, and, and I know that they'll and hurt later. And here's the other thing. Yes, that's the thing. You know later on that's going to be a problem. Right. That's not something right. you want to play with. But, right. But we sometimes turn that blinded eye toward that. Mm -hmm. I guess, I don't know. We talked about this a little bit when we started. We didn't get into any depth in it. But the world is wicked, right? And these guys are the kings of God's chosen people. And they have heard the history. They know the stories. They, they know what David did. They know yes. what Solomon does. They know what all these kings before them have. You know that's part of their... The mountains and the valleys. They, you, they, you know they know that. Mm -hmm. And yet they decide. And, and, and even as I say that, I know we do the same thing. We know we the stories. We know the events. We know what happens. And yet we decide... You know what's hilarious? Yeah, I'm not going to do the right thing. I mentioned this to you before we started everything. But that by this point in the book of Second Chronicles, we went through the first book. We're nearing the end of the second book. Mm -hmm. By this point, I am so tired of what I, in my arrogancy, deem as stupidity. Yes, I agree. Because you're doing the same stupid wrong moves Every and going king. through the same painful consequences. And not just you. You're not right? just the king when we read these kings. And this is the part that hurts my heart. It's not just the king that suffers. Mm -hmm. It's the whole All nation that suffers. suffers. Yeah. All of them suffer. But when I say my arrogancy, it's because we're this book. We are this book. We are the same people. We, we don't go serve... We haven't sacrificed our babies to idols. We have not put up groves and things to worship. But we do, well, and, and you are guilty if you're listening to me, we do put things and value things higher than we value the Word of God and His instruction. We do make excuses for what we want to do we because do. we love the things that we think we want and we that are literally killing us. But we align ourselves with Absolutely. things that are not godly. We get our we get our advice from people who don't know anything about God and how we should be. Make this right? lesson real. We love to think we're in control. And we are so And not. whenever we violate God's word, we end up the slaves of what we just what we bought into. We end up so painfully cornered by and, and you may not be cornered by Assyria mm -hmm. and by the northern kingdom of Israel and by Ammon and all these, you're not cornered, but name what you're, I know, I was thinking when I was coming across the hill, I was thinking, I have known wonderful neighbors, neighbors who I could have went to their house at any time of day and night and said, I'm in trouble. And they did and would show up and help us, right? Mm -hmm. We have known some beautiful people that yeah, I love with true. all my heart. That's true. Who were slaves to something that was killing them mm -hmm. and couldn't get out. And they didn't know how to stop. Mm -hmm. And still are. Yes, slaves to those things. Like, and, and there's a verse in this lesson when we get to the second chapter where it says, you know, he seeks these gods who were out to destroy him. So, so you're going after these things that make it clear they don't want good for you. They want to destroy you, but that's what you're seeking. Don't be offended because I don't mean this in any political way, but I'm going to say it. Mm -hmm. There are people protesting all over our country right now in support of Hamas. Those people on liberal college universities that are living in diverse lifestyles and, and ethnic situations and different religions or atheists, 
would be the first to be slaughtered if they were standing in front of Hamas. Mm -hmm. And yet they're holding up signs and support. You know why? Because they don't even realize that what they, they're doing. What, though, what they would do is destroy you. And you look at them and you think you see something that you can identify with. But what you're seeing is something that would seek your destruction instantly if you were there. Mm -hmm. That's true. Do you know what I mean? And I don't mean that in a political way. I don't, I'm not you're just, you're stirring up people. Very, you're making a very I'm good I'm saying point. human beings are drawn to things that will absolutely slaughter you. And we do it on a daily basis. Christians do it too. Sinners do it too. Christians ought to be smarter. Just like we keep reading these kings and say, aren't you smarter than that by now? Christians ought to be smarter than that by but now. We know what the truth is, but our feelings... Get in the way. Draw us to things that we know are going to hurt us. We are frail. We are flawed. We are sinful by nature. We are rebellious. We are stiff-necked. Stiff right. Yes. That's what we are. Because yes. we keep saying, and everybody else fell to this, but I've got it under control. Everybody else struggles with this, but you know what? I know how to do it now. I and, see a new way to do it. And here's the other thing. Oh, and God said that, but you know, that was a whole long time ago. So and this is what it this meant. This is what it means now. Yeah, this this is isn't really the same means. thing. But but here when we get, and, I, and I'll be honest, when we get to this part of the book of Chronicles, it is, it gets. You're frustrated. Uh, you are, you're not only frustrated, now you see the different prophets are coming in and the prophets now we've got Isaiah and Micah and several of the prophets that are prophesying about the time we're getting ready to walk into here in the next few chapters, especially. Mm -hmm. And you know what they're saying and you know what's about to happen. And it's just, sometimes it's just easier just to skip it. You know what <laughs> makes my heart want to burst is when I read that like during these, these two that we're going to talk about, you do, like you mentioned, we have I, we have Isaiah, we have Micah, Amos, Micah and Amos prophesying to the people. And it just burst on my understanding that I'm sick of these guys. Mm -hmm. I'm done. I might pick somebody new. Clearly, this is not working out. I'm frustrated Because they're them. not, and that's exactly. But, the, but here's what burst my heart. The long suffering of God toward them, mm -hmm. that the greatest of the greats of his prophets are coming along saying, Turn. Mm -hmm. God, it, God said, let me just read to you what God says at this time. Mm -hmm. I looked it up today. So it's in Isaiah 7. We're taking a detour before we even read. But Isaiah chapter 7, I think, is where I wrote it. Nope, Isaiah 50. I was going to say, I thought it was farther back. No. Isaiah 50. If I'm going where you're thinking. Watch me fumble and not find Isaiah. Isaiah 50 says, uh, there's a whole bunch that it says, mm -hmm. but I really wanted to get down to where it says, uh, verse 2, Wherefore, when I came, was there no man? When I called, was there none to answer? Is my hand shortened at all that it, that it cannot redeem? redeem? Or have I no power to deliver? Behold, at my rebuke, I dry up the sea. I make the rivers a wilderness. The fish stinketh because there's no water and dieth for thirst. I clothe the heavens with blackness. And I make sackcloth their covering. The Lord hath given me the tongue of the learned. And it goes into a prophecy about Jesus. But he's, what is it about me that you don't trust? That you haven't seen me answer? That you haven't seen me do? Mm -hmm. That you say to yourself, because that's what the second king word talked about says. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go and find God's for these other nations that are seeking to kill me. And I'm going to set up altars and worship them because I want to, I want to make sure that I'm covered. Mm -hmm. Maybe they know something I don't know. Maybe they know something God doesn't know. And the priests don't know. And the temple doesn't know. And God is saying through the prophet Isaiah at that time, what have I done to make you think I won't take care of you? Mm -hmm. What have I done to make you lose your trust in me? And what I was thinking was on over to, I think it's 51 verse 5. It says, my righteousness is near. My salvation has gone forth. Mine arms shall judge the people. The isles shall wait upon me, and on mine arms shall they trust. Lift up your eyes to the heavens, look in the right and direction. look upon the earth beneath, for the heavens shall vanish away like smoke, and the earth shall wax old like a garment, and they that dwell therein shall die in like manner. But, I love those little words, mm -hmm. but my salvation shall be forever, and my righteousness shall not be abolished. And then he says, listen to me. Hearken unto me, mm -hmm. ye that know righteousness. 
Because you do know it. The people in whose heart mm-hmm. is my law, fear ye not the reproach of men, neither be you afraid of their revelings. And then it goes on and on and on. We still struggle with that. I, I just, we don't like what God says. We want. Uh, there are men we, and women in America right today, right this minute, standing up for the Lord, standing up for what is right, saying the right things, doing the right. And they things, are attacked on every side, which is to be expected. Because when when you speak the word of God, Jesus said, "They hated me first; they're going to hate you." So when people stand up for the truth of God's word and His righteousness, people are going to attack it. What shocks me. The is church the church attacks it. it. Yeah. The church says, be quiet. We don't want to stir that up. Just we don't want don't to talk about anything. that. I, we want you know. to be a Christian, but be a Christian silently. Don't don't say what God's position on this is. Don't speak about what ought to happen in this country. Be quiet. Just be a sneaky Christian. <laughs> be one privately, but don't be one openly. And, see, and God is saying, why ever. are you so... What? Why are you so influenced by what everybody else thinks of you and how much they like Instead you? Instead of me. Instead, Instead of what I think. Well, yeah. Look up at me. Yeah. Listen I made you and this me. is what you I said. You know this. That's what that, oh, you know this. How many times have you said that to us as kids or I've said that to my kids? Look at me in the face. Look at me in my eyes. I do that I, now. <laughs> I, I don't, don't keep doing what you're doing. Pay attention. Look at me and listen to what I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. That's how you talk to your kids because you know your kids in that stubborn rebellion won't look, meet your eyes when they know they're not doing right. Mm-hmm. They won't look at you. They won't listen. Look me in the eyes and let me tell you what is mm-hmm. right. Now let me show right? you. And God's saying God the same thing. God is the thing. same thing as our parent. And he, he knows, knows, and he's he knows you, what he's listen, talking about. You know, this, you know yeah. how this works. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. When we get to these kings in this last little bit, you see the captivity that's about ready to come. You see... The judgment of God that's you see it starting. You see the things getting in order to do what he told them was going to happen. And there's always a dual vision here. There's always the vision of these kings as we speak compared to Christ mm-hmm. that identify Christ as the one true glorious Messiah because he's better than all that came before. Thank you. But then there's also that we are a king in a sense. And the Bible refers to us in those little, little G words sometimes. Mm-hmm that we all have the ability to make the decision about how we're going to live. Calvinists won't like this, but you are given a free will choice. Not because God doesn't know what you're going to do, but because God in his ability to understand all things takes that into account. And you've all been given a choice. You, the decision has not been made for you. You decide what you're going to do with the life, opportunity, gifts, talents you've been given, and you will stand in account for them. If God made all those decisions, what judgment, what is judgment about? What is standing at his throne about? You went, it, you didn't have any choice. He did all that for you. No one had a choice on what they were. You have a choice. Mm-hmm. Listen to me. You're going to be judged for what you do with it. Mm-hmm. Right. And that goes alike. I mean, we talk about sinners are going to stand in judgment. So are the righteous. Mm-hmm. The righteous will also say, now your salvation is through Christ and Christ alone, but you're going to answer for, for what things. we've done. And, and there's going to be a conversation mm-hmm. with God about what we've done with what he's given us. We ought to be more serious about that. Mm-hmm. Not afraid because God has got us covered and Christ mm-hmm. has made our sacrifice. But what am I living? Am I living what I say I believe or not? And I don't mean to convict anybody or make anybody feel bad. Yes, I do. I want you to know that you're a little king in a sense. He's given you whatever kingdom it is you manage and you'll give an account for, did you do right in the eyes of the Lord? Did you do evil in the mm-hmm. eyes of the Lord? Mm-hmm. Did you did you believe, do what you said you believed? Mm-hmm. And it, trust right? me, it's not always easy because it's easy to get it caught up in the emotions of who you're with or what's going Look on. Look at the pattern. They're always and given the kings, that crisis the kings moment. Are showing that Aren't same they? thing, yes. Every king we've read about has been given that moment when you must decide who is it you're looking at? Who is it you trust? What are you going to do in this opportunity? Mm-hmm. Everybody's given that moment. I think that's what life on earth is about, honestly. Mm-hmm. Is, so is God saying, it? let's figure it out where we can make a mess, and then I'm going to take you home for eternity. Mm-hmm. But let's figure it out down here. Mm-hmm. What is it you know? What is it you need to learn? What is it you need to understand about your relationship with God and other people? And he puts us in that point, mm-hmm. and then we have to decide. Right? Now, what are we going to do? Maybe more than one time, but yeah, we have to yeah. decide. But we do. 
So as we start chapter 27, we've just got a few verses. I think it's only got nine verses in the, in the whole chapter. Mm-hmm. And it's about a king that doesn't seem to do anything that's noteworthy of I think it should being, be, though. The being, noteworthy no, no, is no, he doesn't do wrong. of being wrong. That's what <laughs> I meant. He does Nothing good. wrong. Yeah. So that's a good thing. It should be noteworthy. We should celebrate this it should be a, It should be a good thing, yes. right? And I like your comparison to Isaac because he doesn't do very much except Just what build wills and, and do what. And I guess maybe that's our problem. We want to be famous or mm-hmm. or not. God's saying, know. won't you be faithful? Won't you be and faithful? And then look what I can do with that. And and uh, stop yeah. worrying about what everybody else thinks. You know, it doesn't just say when, when Jesus says about who the patriarchs, he doesn't say Abraham and Jacob. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He doesn't leave, ja- he doesn't leave Isaac out. Mm-mm. Even though we don't know some big scandalous story about him, his faithfulness means he's one of the fathers. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, he's the one. He's one of them. Right? By birth. By birth. Mm-hmm. So, 27, Second cha- Chronicles chapter 27, verse 1. This one won't take long to read, but it might take us a little more to discuss because we have found that the smaller <laughs> the chapter is, is, the more things there seems to be to unload in mm-hmm. it. So, here we go. Jotham was 20 and 5 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 16 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jerusha, the daughter of Zadok. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father father Uzziah did. How be it? Just pay attention. Mm -hmm. He entered not into the temple of the Lord, and the people did yet corruptly. Yeah. <laughs> if your father went in the temple and left a leper and had to stay separate for the rest of your life, you'd have a little reverence and respect toward God that you earned from that bad experience. But also I can imagine some pure fear mm-hmm. about entering into that place and being mm-hmm. having, and you'd have to look deep into yourself. Like, am I of a right heart that I can enter that place and not also run away? Mm-hmm. Judged for the sin a that's inside of here. A fear is a good thing. Well, except... People did because they did not see him go to the temple. The people follow the example, and they get more and more corrupt. Mm-hmm. If the leaders aren't faith, and he was faithful to God, that's what it said. But if the leaders aren't faithful to obey God and go to the temple, the people slack off going to the temple as well. It's not all his fault. They're free moral agents. Mm-hmm. They have a choice. But it says the people did also corruptly corrupt themselves, right? So here's the thing. Let's think about that for just a minute. So when we use the analogy that you're kind of the little king of your own people, whatever God has put you over, whatever you're in charge of, whatever your group is, it is true. Let me say the whole thought. Let me get the whole thought out. It is true that if you don't go to church, they don't go to church. And we very quickly, do you notice how quickly we always go? But that's not my fault. They're supposed to do what they're supposed to do. True. But is it your fault? A little bit. Mm-hmm. Their influence, still their choice. Your mm-hmm. influence on anything, mm-hmm. right? So if if I'm uh, if I cheat on my taxes and they get in trouble because they cheated on their, is it my fault? It's not my fault. Mm. Is well, it a little bit? Bible says that children will not be punished for the sins of their fathers, and it, you know he puts up. You're responsible for yourself. Is in mm-hmm. the in. The law, but but yes, you you don't make no don't make a mistake and think that what you do doesn't matter. And There's the ma- point. What you do matters. There's the point because it's always we we do that. We Christians do we do that in church? I've seen I've done it myself. I do it myself. I, it's not my fault. It's the, you know, but I'm not responsible for what. Yeah, you, you may not be you responsible for what you about are. being a parent. I know a lot of terrifying things. There are a lot of terrifying things about being a parent. One of the most terrifying thing about being a parent is that you do not have to tell them what you think. They already know. My kids know what I think. My kids say things that I thought I had completely hidden from them in my heart, the way I feel about things, and I thought I had done a great job doing everything I was supposed to do, and they'll say, now, Mom, you know you don't like that. You don't, you don't, you know, why are you, why are you talking to this person? You know, you don't like him. <laughs> and I'll be like, I have never one time said that. You don't have to say it. Your kids see what you think is important. They see what you think is not important. They see the feelings you have because I don't know why you're just so, you're connected with your babies in a way that you're not connected to any other human being. And they see through you like a screen. Mm-hmm. You, you try to be 
above all that, but you won't hide it. And even those little sneaky things that you, not just the thoughts, but even the sneaky things that you thought you could do and get by with, they pick up on that. Sure. Too, right? You don't have to say I it guess out loud. Here, here, I guess here this is, he says... He did what was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father did. But, howbeit, he entered not into the temple of the Lord, and the people did yet corruptly. Have you ever, how many times have you as a pastor's wife, again, this is not to condemn anyone. This is to give you hope that you can do differently. You can change things. But how many times has you as a pastor's wife heard a family in their older years, a mother and father, say, no matter what I do, I can't get my kids in church. I have asked and asked and asked and begged and begged and begged and begged. And you say, did you take him to church when they were in? And it was like, no, we were busy. We're not only busy, we wanted them to decide. Yeah. We wanted them to figure it out. I'm just saying, because we know that they grow up in a second and they move on in a second. And you think you had all this time. To, you told them what you thought and you told them that you believed it was important, but you didn't live it. And then now they think, well, why do I need to go? Because it, I have, the, I, whether you like it or not, your kids kind of idolize you. And they think if it wasn't important to her or him, it's not important to me. Or I've seen people right. say, well, my dad didn't go every Sunday, so why do I have to go every Sunday? Well, but I just think when you get older, you realize so much more. I realize so much more things I wish I'd done better and, and conveyed better to my kids. Even though I've got wonderful kids I love, but there's things I think, you know what, when I see them in a certain sin, I see them in a certain way, I think, oh, that came from me. Mm -hmm. I showed them that. I wish they didn't. That I was wish mine. I had done that one better. And myself. I'm sorry about that, mm -hmm. right? Because I know it's going to hurt them if mm -hmm. if they continue on that thing or they That's think true. that way or they do that. And that, when you're talking about influence, it's not always what you say. That he didn't. He said the right things and did the right things. But by not going to the temple, people were led away from thinking going to the temple is important mm -hmm. and starting seeking other ways. And we to see be that in the next king mm -hmm. in. And, it, and that's the thing is it doesn't happen immediately. Mm -hmm. It happens over time. And time is so tricky mm -hmm. because you think you have a lot of it to do different things and you don't like think about his reign. He reigned 16 years. I mean, it's 16 mm -hmm. years is, mm -hmm. happens in a, you blink your eyes. Mm -hmm. Think I'm how sure. fast your children have grown up. They've got children my age. And you thought like you, one day lasted 10 years when they were little. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then you get older and you realize, I turned around and they're grownups. Mm -hmm. And they're doing their own thing. Right? Mm -hmm. 16 yeah. years goes by in a flash. It does. That's all he had. The, all the influence he had on the nation mm -hmm. was 16 years. He did a great job. I think Satan does he did a, a great really job, good job. I think it's one of the things that I think, I think of all the tricks that he blinds us to is time because we've always got everything else we got to do. We've got to take care of the games. We got to go to the ball. We got to do, we got to do all this stuff. We got to work. We got to, we got to work. We got to earn money. We got to go but to the store. We have so much time, but you don't have, and I've heard people say, I just don't have enough hours in a day. You really do, but you got to prioritize some of those things and you don't have to be in everything coming and going. You know, you where, where, when do you prioritize? And I guess, I don't know. Under that I, idea of comparison too. Yeah. Everybody else is doing it. I don't want to miss out. And I don't want my kids not. <laughs> they shouldn't have to. Yeah. Lose I don't want to or miss out. They have to benefit from this. That yeah. has, it's got to be a little more important than that. But is it? Because this life, you know, Isaiah said this, this is going to dissolve like a worn out garment. This is going to, this world is going to be gone. And what matters is what we did for Christ. What, where was the priority of church? Mm -hmm. Where, not just the church. The I'm relationship. not saying you can't not, ever do anything outside church. I'm, I'm not, not saying either. you can't I am church. not. I am not You either. are church. Be church wherever you are. But the relationship with that. God, where was the priority for that relationship? And did you instill that priority in your children and your family for that? Mm -hmm. we, we, we think, we, and like you said, I, it just seems like yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 that is exactly what it seems like. It's like, really? These grown-ups are standing up and telling me what they're going to do? <laughs> and now they're working and almost through college. And, and amazing. And, and amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And amazing. I mean, they're blessed. It's a wonderful blessing. thing, but my influence Satan's in definitely ended. Satan's in a huge trick. way ended. Satan's trick is in effect that you don't think about the time. Just mm -hmm. think about how busy you are and how much you have to do and, and what's got to happen. And make sure you compare yourself to everyone and else. And yeah, compare to everybody else because if you're not yep. up there with them, 
People say, you homeschool your kids. Don't you know what they're missing out on? I'm like, yeah, they're missing out thinking they're a cat. They're missing that out. <laughs> they, 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 we, we skip that part. Yeah, because, we didn't go that yeah. <laughs> No, I I'm, I'm, I'm just being funny, and it wasn't okay. funny. All right. Okay, verse 3. He built, he built the high gate of the house of the Lord, and on the wall of Ophel he built much. Moreover, he built cities in the mountains of Judah, and in the forest he built castles and towers, so he's like this city planner guy. He's doing all this Faithfully building. Faithfully rebuilding what his dad had lost. Tore up. Right. He fought yes. also with the king of the Ammonites and prevailed against them. And the children of Ammon gave him the same year a hundred talents of silver, 10,000 measures of wheat, and 10,000 of barley. So much did the children of Ammon pay unto him both the second year and the third. So Jotham became mighty. Before, because he prepared his ways before the Lord his God. Mm-hmm. Now, and that's it. Now, the rest of the acts of Jotham and all his wars and his ways, lo, they are written in the book of the kings of Israel of Judah. And he was five and twenty years old when he began to reign, and he reigned sixteen years in Jerusalem. And he slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David. And Ahaz, his son, reigned in his stead. That's it. That's it. And that's pretty good. That's. I'd take it. I'll take it. Mm-hmm. I would. And then there's Ahaz. Now we got another son. <laughs> oh, and, Ahaz! And I and I think too. Sometimes just at just uh, maybe maybe nobody does this but me. But the words Ahaz, Ahab, Amaziah, Azariah—they're <laughs> all so close. And sometimes it's hard to keep everybody straight. Ahab, uh, yeah, Ahaz. and Ahab's in the north. Ahaz. It's so hard to keep everybody straight. Yeah, but. But it's worth the straight if you pay if you can go slow enough to do that. So here comes this guy's son. Mm-hmm. Ready? Mm-hmm. Chapter twenty-eight, verse one. Ahaz was twenty years old when he began to reign, and he reigned sixteen years in Jerusalem. But he did not that which was right in the sight of the Lord, like David his father. It doesn't say um, Jotham. Very different sixteen or, years, right? Yeah. His dad reigned 16 years, he reigned 16 years, and they are night and day, different from each other. Verse 2, for he walked in the ways of the kings of Israel. Now, when you first read that, at first you think that, well, that must be a good thing, right? He's walking in the ways. Israel in the north. We're talking about the kings of Israel. Hasn't had a good king ever. Ever. They they started out worshiping God in a way that God told them that was apostasy, that they were not to worship him that way. But then that turned into worshiping of all the idols of the neighbors around them until they are sacrificing their children for many generations now. And here they go. On altars to Molech, which Ahaz says to himself, Wow. I'm going to try that. For he walked in the ways of the kings of Israel and made molten images for Balaam, which is multiple Baal, right? Moreover, it's he, the family of Baal, right? More, it's a, it's it's a household of worship one. that becomes the Greek gods, which become the Roman gods. The the Baal comes out of Mesopotamia, comes out of this cult of Nimrod. You, you can you can trace this historically the way this worship of Baal happened and how it spread around the region. But it morphs into, you would recognize, not by name, but by story, the stories of the house of Balaam in Greek mythology. You would mm-hmm. see them because that Hercules, and, and, and those started mm-hmm. in the house of Baal, right? So mm-hmm. go ahead. So that's an interesting You didn't thing. need to know that. I did, we'll, uh, well, I did kind of know that, but I didn't know it to that extent. Verse 3, moreover, he burnt. So that just brings <laughs> me to the story. Because some, I... The Greek and Roman mythology are fun to read, mm-hmm. but they're not the real gods, mm-hmm. right? We know that. We should know that. Shouldn't we know that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they don't know that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So verse 3. More don't over. get cocky. You're worshiping other things. <laughs> you yeah, may not well, be worshiping I mean, the house of Baal I mean, and we, Greek and Roman gods, but we set up our own gods. We set up our own system that if I don't do this, the world's going to fall apart. If I don't make my kids participate in this, the world's going to fall apart. If I don't get this certain title, then I'm not as equal if to I don't the get people that around me. If I don't drive this certain vehicle, then people are going to look down on me. If I don't dress in this certain way, people are going to judge me. We set up our own false gods. Instead of our focus being on, I belong to God wholly, and whatever he allows me to do, thank you, Jesus, and I'm going to live whatever my hands find to do, I'm going to do it as under the Lord. We live in this system of false gods all the time. You don't have to be worshiping Zeus to be an idol worshiper. Mm-hmm. You have to be worshiping the cult of popular opinion or or your own pleasure or your own flesh or your own wisdom. 
you can set up our gods are invisible, but they are a plethora. Mm -hmm. They're all over the place. I don't mean to no, but that's true. Drone that's on a, about that. That's but a good point. It's this, tricky because I'm telling you, when they start in the Northern Kingdom, they're not worshiping anything but Jehovah. It's tricky. Because then you go and you're like, well, I'm going to add this to Jehovah and I'm going to add that to Jehovah. And I'm gonna you're going to find altar. out that in, that just, in this chapter that the people that are up there worshiping these false gods are also worshiping Jehovah. Mm -hmm. Because when the prophet speaks to them about what he would like them to do, they obey. Mm -hmm. Because they still think they're doing the right thing. They've just added and added and added and added and added. And pretty soon we've got a, a cult mm -hmm. that seems so religious. You know what? If you were if you were willing to sacrifice your children, how devout are you? How serious are you about this worship when you're willing to let your own die in order to please and be holy, considered holy in the eyes of what you're worshiping? These aren't people that are just don't care about religion. These are very religious people. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. This we take it wrong. I'm they're about. not holy people. They're religious people. This is what religion does. Mm -hmm. Religion takes from you everything. Religion says you're going to have to give up everything you have and your children. God says, I'm going to give you my child and everything else to boot. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm, it's my good pleasure to give thinking, you the kingdom. I was just thinking about that analogy. It's the first time I thought about it. Yeah. I always, I'm so horrified at the thoughts of, you know, and I don't think it says this here because scripture is a little bit nicer about it. Says it says he but, offers his sons and daughters to But he to offers his sons on the fire, which means they, they heat, that heat up statue that up. statue up and lay that baby and on it, burns it alive. and let him burn it alive. And then they say, I... I You'd I, have to really believe that, wouldn't you? You'd have to be I pretty serious. I cannot imagine. I can't even begin to imagine the horror of that. And that's what Satan's always after is your children. He, but it never changes. But that's the story that's of God. He doesn't expect you to offer your child. He offered his. That's why he said, Abraham, don't hurt your son. Yeah. No. I provided for myself a sacrifice. I provided myself. Mm -hmm. He doesn't say for myself. Myself a sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And he turns and sees that ram in the thicket. That's the difference between the God we serve and all of these others. Is that God said, I'll give you. Every time you turn to me, he said, what did we start out with? My arm's not shortened. What's I can wrong? do anything you ask. Listen to me. Mm -hmm. Hearken to and look, look at up. me. Look, pay look, attention pay to what attention. I'm saying, and I, I'll take care of it. What a difference there is! And yet, we seek what pleases us. We seek what pleases us. We seek what our neighbors have. We're fearful. We of seek being our neighbors' good different. thoughts over us. We're fe we're fearful of being different. We're fearful of not having something. We're fearful of. The hierarchy not or the pecking in. order of people. You are not created to fit in with this world. Jesus spends four or five chapters in the book of John telling his disciples before he goes to the cross, you are not going to fit in here. They are and you're not you. supposed to. And here's why. And here's what they're going to try. But you're going to win. Mm -hmm. Right? He spends all this time telling them. And you think, okay, we heard that keeps on going guess we need to hear it don't we still need to hear that we don't have to fit in with this world to succeed as a matter of fact we're not going to fit in with this world and succeed it's not going to work that way yeah. and every time they try it their life turns into a wreck it turns into a mess and then we do it and we say why is my life a wreck because, because every time you do that your life is a wreck your life turns into a wreck. And you might get by and you might figure a way out of that mess. One of these days. But there's another mess right around the corner. You might want to try believing it. And Just trusting believe what it. he says. And yep. seeing what happens when he when the floodgates of he heaven open because you've turned to him in faith, mm -hmm. trusting him to handle it instead of yourself to be the smart one in the room to know what to do. Mm -hmm. I honestly think, and maybe I'm wrong, you can text me, put it on the comments. I think there are people that are would consider themselves saved, would consider themselves Christian people, who in their heart of hearts think they're smarter than this book. That think they, they the Bible says this, but I know better, and I can't really trust that. Mm -hmm. You might not say it out loud. That's what you're living, mm -hmm. right? I and I don't want to be guilty. I don't want to be guilty of that. I know either. that I'm a human being, and I'm tempted by the same sin everybody else is. I don't want to be guilty of that. Of being my own worst enemy. 
No, but the more we think about it, the more we cause our own grief. Mm -hmm. Verse 3, Moreover, he burnt incense in the valley of the son of Hinnom, and burnt his children in the fire, after the abominations of the heathen whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. He sacrificed also and burnt incense in the high places and on the hills and under, under every green tree. It's, it's, like he's, it's like he's just trying to do it, absolutely everything he can he's do. He's begging God to strike him down. Right? Wherefore the Lord his God delivered him into the hand of the king of Syria, and they smote him and carried away a great multitude of them captives and brought them to Damascus, and he was also delivered into the hand of the king of Israel, who smote him with a great slaughter. For Pekah the son of Ramaliah slew in Judah a hundred and twenty thousand in one day, which were, which were all valiant men, because they, they had forsaken the Lord God of their fathers. That didn't happen overnight either. No. And Zerchi, a mighty man of Ephraim, slew Masiah, the king's son, and Azrakam, the governor so of the what's house. Satan after? Think. Think long term. He's always after. So what's he after yet again? The seed royal. Mm -hmm. He's after this line of David. We're going to cut off the Messiah right here. Mm -hmm. So when this army comes into Jerusalem from Syria and uh, when they, Israel. when they fill, and from Israel, but Israel's coming, uh, Assyria is coming, and and the Edomites are coming, and the Philistines are coming. What are they seeking to do? That would they go right after those ones that would inherit the throne after Ahaz? He's already sacrificed his children. Those would have been one of them. Could have been the next king of Israel that would lead to the line of the Messiah. He's already filled with Satan and, and attacking that line. That's what Satan always wants to do. It's then these armies come in and do the same thing and attack these children mm -hmm. of the king. Why, why is that so important? Why not just take the treasure and get out or, or make slaves of the people? No, we, if Satan has in, a goal in mind to keep Jesus from being born in Bethlehem, to keep him from going to the cross and saving all who will come to him, there's a direct attack on this line that God promised through Abraham. Tonight, there's a direct attack on the line of that God promised Abraham. Jesus came. He's coming again. But his people, these, the people of Israel and Judah are still under attack. Satan's always going to be behind that. The seed, the, uh, the engrafted seed is under attack. The church is under attack. Mm -hmm. it's always about the next generation. It's always about what God's going to do. It's always Satan thinks, I can stop the plans of God if I can scare enough people and terrify enough people, get rid of enough people, divide parents from children. Keep them apart. Watch, how many chapters have we read that sound just like religious. this? Keep them away right? from anything that sounds too fundamental and conservative and Christian. Let's fit you in know, with our neighbors. You, know, you can't talk about That's God That's the thing so about much. fitting in with your neighbors. Then the neighbors come to the door. And the neighbor's goal is to destroy your family. It not, I'm not talking about your, you know what I'm saying. These people that they want to be like. Come after them. Every are time. the people destroying them. The things that I fall in love with that are not of God are the things that are out to destroy me. The things I lean on that are not him are the things, I, I always I say this so many times, I'm sorry if you listen to this and heard it a bunch of times, but Isaiah says, you lean on Egypt. He was talking about Egypt as a country and an army. He says, and it's like a reed that goes through your hand. You lean on it thinking they'll support me. They'll take care of me. That's my neighbor. And it, you are hurting yourself. How many times are the things we lean on not God? The things that we are disappointed in that are causing us pain are not they're not God. It's we put our faith in something else. And right? we can get all puffed up and I judge them, but I need to judge me. I need to worry about me. So, Verse 9. Oh, you wait a minute. Verse nine. 8. And the yeah. children of Israel carried away captive of their brethren. Israel the north. 200,000 women, sons, and daughters, and took also away much spoil from them and brought the spoil to Samaria. But... But, so, so I guess the thing is, is what I, what I was a, you know, kind of an epiphany to me today was we know that the Assyrians come in later and they, they disperse the 12 later or the 10 the Northern, Northern Kingdom. Kingdom. We know that. We know that's coming later. 
But this is captivity for them right now. Not no. This but, is Judah, right? This is but, captivity right now. And we. So you're a man of, of God. You're a man of God. Your name. Your name is Oded. Is his name Oded? Obed. Oh no, Oded. Yes. <coughs> you're a man of God. One hundred and twenty thousand <coughs> valiant soldiers no, wait, we had slaughtered in Israel. One hundred twenty killed, <coughs> and then we had two hundred thousand taken. Yep. By an army that hates your guts. But that's your first cousins. <laughs> but hates the God you serve. But still your first You're the cousin. man of God. God taps on your shoulder. That's still a small voice. That <coughs> way God does things. Wish we had water. Sorry. And says, I want you to go out and meet that army. <laughs> Just him. Just one man. Just Oded. I want you to go out and speak to that army. They've just killed 120,000. They've just got 200,000 held hostage. But I want you to go out and speak to them because uh, God has something to say to this army that's just attacked the people of God because of the say, sinfulness of their king. And you would say, well, yes, I'll go because, you know, it's God. I don't understand. <laughs> I do understand enough. because it's not the people themselves. No. I have seen enough men of God with backbones, mm -hmm. to know that when God tells you to go say it, you better go say it. Or, or and I've seen the them filled with that not, doesn't make any sense, courage and peace to say what people would not say. Because you would, would expect say, that he's going to die. It's over. He's going to die. Why would they even stop? Mm -hmm. He's going to die. They've got an army able to capture 200,000 prisoners. And one man's going to go out and speak to them. And we never hear about him again. He has, as far as we know, he has one job. His job is to go out when God tells him and speak to this army. So that's what he does. Okay. Verse nine. But a prophet of the Lord was there whose name was Oded. And he went out before the host that came to Samaria and said unto them, Behold, because the Lord God of your fathers was wroth with Judah, he hath delivered them into your hand. And ye have slain them in a rage that reaches up to heaven. And now ye purpose to keep under the children of Judah and Jerusalem for bondsmen and bondwomen Slaves. unto you. <clears throat> but are there not but are there not with you, even with you, sins against the Lord your God? Hmm, that's mm -hmm. a heck of a thing to throw at him, right? Mm -hmm. Now hear me, therefore, and deliver the captives again, which ye have taken captive of your brethren, for the fierce wrath of the Lord is upon you. Okay. So I just told you the northern kingdom has not had one godly king. Not one. The whole time we went through the ups and downs with Judah, the northern kingdom has stayed in apostasy. And yet, there are men in that army who fear God. That understood exactly what this one prophet fear was saying. God. And you say, have brought the wrath of God on you've got your family, your relatives. You look what you've done. You did this in a rage. Don't forget, Elijah is from the northern kingdom. And Elisha is from the northern kingdom. Isaiah will prophesy to the northern kingdom. All these prophets, mm -hmm. right, that, that are there, there is a faithful group of people that are in that army. Mm -hmm. that turn around and go, I'm not going to be a part of this. I fear God more than I fear mm -hmm. my fellow soldier here. I fear God more than I fear the king. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to do what is right. And they turn mm -hmm. and say, we're not making slaves of these people of God. As a matter of fact, we're going to take the treasure we stole. We're going to buy them new clothes and new mm -hmm. shoes mm -hmm. and give them food mm -hmm. and deliver them safely back where they need to go. Now you tell me God's not in charge. He's in charge. And he's not put these people exactly in the place they need to be well before but this what event happened happens. if Oded had not? God would have still saved his people somehow. I do True. believe that. I do. But at the same time, I think that man of God, he has to think in his natural mind, nobody over there is going to listen to what I have to say, and nobody over there is on God's side. And yet, they were. Mm -hmm. There were people on that side who were mm -hmm. fearful of the wrath of God and who had respect. Enough to know that they needed to so do So verse 14 basically do. says, <laughs> So the armed men left the captives and the spoil before the princes and all the congregation. And the men which were expressed by name rose up and took the captives and with the spoil clothed all that were naked among them and arrayed them and shod them and gave them to eat and to drink and anointed them 
and carried all the feeble of them. Yeah, not only that, carried the... And brought them to Jericho, the city of palm trees, to their brethren, and they returned to Samaria. (laughs) What? (laughs) Hey, I've got... King, judgment's coming. Yeah, but those are my people. Don't touch them. Don't get... You better stop. Don't touch them. I like it. It says the... Now, the 120 that had turned their backs on God... Met the judgment and received but, it. But look what but it the said. The 200,000 of his people that were taken captive, God didn't need a king to protect. He protected him himself. But look what it says. And he, he used the enemy to do it. He said, because the Lord God of your fathers was angry with Judah, my words. <clears throat> he delivered them to you, but you yeah. slay, and you, slay, you have slain them in a rage that reaches up to heaven. Line he did not go under. Here it is, mm-hmm. right? Don't that right me. there would have been the first cold chill that went down your back. And now you propose to keep the children in bondage and all this stuff. And he says, "Don't." And they, the prophet says, "Don't you have sins against the Lord your God? Mm-hmm. You do you want? I mean, you're going to stand before mm-hmm. him, and what are you going to have to say that you've done?" And they says, "Now hear me and deliver the captives. Why? For the fierce wrath of the Lord is upon you." And the beautiful, and I say beautiful, very ironically. King Ahaz doubles down on his evil. He doubles down on his rebellion. Now he just, I I mean, I know we're getting close to time, so I'm just telling you, finish reading the chapter. Mm -hmm. We might read some more, but he goes into the temple. First of all, he goes and sees an altar that's in the kingdom of the Assyrians, Mm -hmm. who Mm -hmm. later are going to be the downfall of the northern kingdom. You said that earlier. Mm -hmm. And he says, I've got to have one like that. So he comes back. And at first, Mm -hmm. he tells the priest in Judah all about it, and the priest of Judah makes it. Uh, that should have been serving Jehovah God. And he, the first sacrifices are to Jehovah, by the way. We're mm-hmm. going to sacrifice here, but not for very long. We're going to take it out of the temple. We're mm-hmm. going to, and the king decides to sacrifice to every false god of the Assyrians. Mm-hmm. And he says, because they might help me, the Assyrians are going to destroy you. But, but, and that's what I was talking about. You fall in love with the things that are trying to kill you. It, but he sacrifices on their altar to their gods. Every horrible thing he can think of, he doubles down. He's you, you could not have seen what happened with those captives and not known there was a God in, in Jerusalem. Jerusalem. There was a God who takes care of his people and loves them. He didn't care. He doubles down. His rebellion is even stronger. Yep, that's the king. And he, he has a free choice to do that. Mm-hmm. He took away right? a portion of the house of the Lord out of the house of the king, gave it to the king of Assyria. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Gave it away, but they didn't help him. Mm-mm. No, they'll come back for more later. And then at the time of his distress, did he trespass yet more against the Lord? Mm-hmm. And scripture records it as, this is that king yeah. Ahaz. This is that king Ahaz. The one who was so rebellious that despite everything in grace Unless that God you showed should him, think it'd be another one. he doubles Here him. it is. This is, this the is him. Right and he sacrificed to the gods of Damascus, I'm at verse 23 now, which smote him and said, because the gods of the kings of Syria help them, therefore I will sacrifice to them that they may help me. Mm-hmm. But they were the ruin of him. They were the ruin of him and of all Israel. There's, there's a lot of old time songs that we don't sing anymore in the church, but a lot of them talk about, Lord, make me hate the things you hate. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like, give me an, a, a desire for what you desire. Give me mm-hmm, a love mm-hmm. for what you love. You talk about crucifying your old loves, your mm-hmm. old desires, because I've been born again. And like, I feel like we need to pray that. We need to sing that. We need to know that. It's like, God, make me hate the things you hate mm-hmm. and love the things you love. Pull me out of my own foolish wisdom and teach me to love the things you love because it's not natural. You don't automatically love the things of God. You automatically love the things you love, your flesh, and your that's just your perspective. But God wants you to love something different. And these things that Ahaz is so enamored with are the things absolutely killing him. And the nation. And he won't let him go. And, and the nation. But what I'm saying, look at the long-suffering of God in his life. Mm-hmm. Look at the mercy How many of times God. he had an opportunity? Not only that, but like that he lets him do it without just striking him dead mm-hmm. to give him a chance to turn. You know why I mm-hmm. think so? Because he's going to have a son named Hezekiah. And, he and God next, knows right? what's coming next when we don't know what's coming next. And he deals with Hezekiah's father with more grace than I can imagine. Like, these nations come because 
He doesn't ask for the help of God. He doesn't seek his way and his protection. He, he's standing on his own. You've got what you ask for and it's killing you. Mm-hmm. Lord, I don't want that. Lord, teach mm-hmm. me to hate what you hate and to love what you love. You say, God doesn't hate anything. Yes, he does. God hates the things that destroy us and he hates sin. And, and he hates what? the separation and he names we make off some of those things that he hates. That are yeah. things that we don't think of. He hates our of. pride. He hates the proud look. He hates the innocent shedding of blood. He hates discord among the brethren. He hates that. And, but and he loves yet, the praise of his people. But he, but he does. And that's the joy. Mm-hmm. That's where our joy comes from, too. Verse 22 and 25. Or 24 you are and 25. going to read every one of them right now. No, just I just cannot help it. I can't it. because of, of how it's You worded. just cannot help it. It says, okay. Ahaz gathered together the vessels <laughs> of the house of God and cut in pieces the vessels and shut up the doors of the house of the Lord and made altars in every corner. of He just completely goes nuts. Mm-hmm. And in every several city, he made high places to burn. I mean, he did everything he could do to be absolutely at odds with God. Verse 26, now the rest of his acts are they, first and last are written in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. And then it says, and Ahaz slept with his fathers and they buried him in the city, even in Jerusalem. But not with the but kings. But they brought him not into the sepulcher of the kings of Israel. Too much pain. And Hezekiah, his son, reigned in his said. So he caused him way too much pain. And it's again... Jerusalem is in ruins. Everything his dad built up, that his dad messed up, everything that was built back up. Is Can you imagine living in that? I mean, really. Yes. When when Jesus tells us to pray, or and the scripture tells us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, and he looks over Jerusalem, he says, do you know how many times I would have gathered you together? Do you, I mean, do you ever think about mm-hmm. how horrible it must be? Or, no matter or which how, part of the political spectrum you're yeah, on in America, yeah, forget what that we part. do right now is anything the last guy did, if we're on the other side, if we're on the other team, we're going to destroy everybody, that good or bad, mm-hmm. because we're going to do it our way. And then the next guy come in that's on the other team, I'm going to destroy every bit you did, good or bad. You might have done some good things. Tear it all mm-hmm. down, because I don't want you to get ahead or get any credit. or get, And, and we, we destroy ourselves because we love ourselves so much and we love our our wisdom and our way so much that we literally cause ourselves pain suffering agony when all we'd have to do is work together with a common goal to do what's right mm-hmm. and come together and do good things for people and care more about coming together what is right instead of who the, gets credit for being right but get come together under god because <coughs> we but they because they've got all kinds of I agree under right god now. but even if, if if you just by common sense said Let's work to make something better, not work to make just destroy it because somebody else will get credit for it. That's where we are in our country, the stupidity of that. That's where they are. That one guy builds it back, restores, strengthens, expands. The next guy comes in, just crashes it all in again. Why do I why is it easy for me to believe? Because it happens all the time. It happens every day. It happens all the time. Yeah. How many people just redo it because they don't want anybody else to get any credit? Right? It's just a so what have we got? Thirty-six chapters in King or in Chronicles. Yeah. So we're hitting into twenty-nine now. So toward the end, we're getting close mm-hmm. to. But still, that's a lot of history. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of showing you what mankind is like. That's a lot of. Can you imagine how wicked? Just think. I'm just thinking ahead now because we're out of time. But I'm thinking about. He destroyed the world once with flood, right? Because the hearts of man were continually evil. And we can't even really imagine that. But here we are seeing it as it grows and progresses over time. Yeah. And and not just, to, it's just, what's Jesus like? It's during this time that Isaiah will say, a virgin shall conceive. You might not want a sign, but I will give you one. Yeah, yeah. Here, here's the sign you need. A virgin shall conceive, bring forth a son, you should call his name. Wonderful. Wonderful. All right? Uh, and and we, we've not had a lot of wonderful. No, we've not we've had, had a lot wonderful. of, you cannot put your faith in people. But but there's one coming whose name is wonderful. You can put trust Absolutely. in his name. Mighty God. He's not doing it. for. He blesses his people because they are what he came to die for. They're what He came to, to suffer and, and redeem. And he'll do whatever it takes to save them. God did not withhold his only son, and but the, made a way. And one of the reasons that we did this, we do this little podcast called Battle Ready, 
is because it is a battle and you have to battle yourself more than anybody else, really, in a lot of ways. We believe what it says. We believe what the scripture says. We know how flawed we are and we know how far we miss the mark. Do you remember Alvin York? Yes, I love anybody Alvin. Probably none of the, the younger Alvin people York watch story. that movie, but when you watch Alvin York and he's in World War One, he's talking to this guy and the guy makes the mistake that these kings make and he makes the, the mistake we make in our Christian life. He forgets he's in a battle zone. Mm-hmm. And he starts talking, and he, they're kind of like loosen up, and they've had a long battle, but it's quiet now. And he starts goofing off, and he stands up, and bullet goes through right through his brain. And I, I always, I always think about that. I'm like, the worst thing you can do in battles forget you're in one, mm-hmm. <clears throat> because when you forget you're in one, that's, that's what the enemy didn't forget. Satan does not forget that there's a battle going on, and the battle is about your children being lost for eternity or being saved in Jesus Christ. And he does not forget it's real, mm-hmm. but we do, right? We do. And you can't. And we can't. And I, and we'll close with that. Please stay faithful. Please keep your Bibles open. Please. Jesus can take care of it. He did. He does and he will. And but he you need to, to remember that he's who you rely on. Right? Absolutely. If you have questions for us or something you'd like for us to talk to as we get to the end of this chapter or the end of this book, we're going to be trying to find another place to go and what to study next. You feel free to use our email, battlereadybiblestudy at gmail.com to reach us, text us if you know us. Some of you do that. We are also on YouTube now, not because we're great and wonderful, just because it's a good way for more people to listen and help us to be more faithful, stay battle ready, and grow in the Lord. So thank you for joining us. Hopefully we'll see you next week. You've been listening to the Battle Ready Podcast. If you have questions about what we studied today, or if you'd like to send us a message, you can email us at battlereadybiblestudy at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. That's battlereadybiblestudy at gmail.com. You can also find more information on our website, 